Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're making our way through the season of Lent, one of the critical periods in the church year where we kind of come to terms with where we're at. Where's, what's our heart condition right now, relationship to the Lord, His call in our lives, and what are we loving? Where are our loves directing us? Is our heart continuing to be growing in love for God and love of neighbor, the great commandments? Do we have any growing passion in us to extend the mission of the kingdom, to, to fulfill the great commission, to go make disciples of all nations? In what way am I engaging these foundational things that Jesus has called the disciples to? And in some ways, those are the big commands and that give us the direction and clarity about where we're meant to go. And one of the things we're given in this season of Lent is uh, readings uh, regularly touching on the sermons, the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon uh, on the Plain from Luke, the fundamental teaching, how a disciple walks out the call to live out the commands of the Lord. So I want to talk a little bit today about first the Sermon on the Mount and uh, just a few thoughts about it. And then we'll look at some of the things that Jesus is teaching to us that represent the life of the kingdom, right? So the Beatitudes in their context, it's, there's a whole discourse there in Matthew, but the, the first section of it, I think the first eight verses or nine verses of it is the uh, Beatitudes. We're going to kind of tune in to the Beatitudes today, which is the, the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. But there's a lot more there than the, just, just the Beatitudes themselves, but just understanding the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Augustine called it the perfection of the moral teaching of the gospel, a charter for the Christian life. And uh, Thomas Aquinas called it the text for the new law and replaces the law of Moses. It's taking it to another level and it's seen in Christ. And we'll understand how the role of the Holy Spirit, Jesus's passion, life, death and resurrection, his victory over the powers of sin and death is establishing the kingdom of God and the grace of the Holy Spirit were given in baptism and confirmation and graces that continue to come to us. Confession, Eucharist, God's word. We continue to grow and from the heart, from the inside, we're, we're beginning to love what the Lord loves. It's not just, you might say, an external law that we're conforming ourselves to. It's a whole way of life that grows in us as we listen to the teaching of Jesus. And we understand and we say yes to the work that he's doing in us. We cooperate with that grace. And it includes, you know, Jesus is teaching on conditions of the entry into the kingdom of God. And it's the spirit which animates the life of a disciple, what a disciple looks like. And it builds on, remember Jesus' first words when he began to preach, he said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance is, you know, you're moving, your life's moving in a particular direction. And he calls you to repent. That means change the direction you're moving in. Mind, heart, priorities, turn toward the Lord. He's the king of the kingdom. He's bringing now the kingdom of God and the way of life of that kingdom. He says, now make a decision to come. I'm helping you by grace and the forgiveness of your sins. I want to bring you into life with me. And that's called the church. And you're going to live a whole new way of life. And that's really what's being pointed to here. And it kind of fills out the call to repentance and conversion and it's the foundation of the of a new society of the of the life of the kingdom here on earth. It's interesting too. It's a it's moving from a, a focus on the external law, the Ten Commandments, which 
are always a part of the picture. Jesus fulfilled all the commandments of God, right? And now the spirit that's in Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed that raised him from the dead, that powerful Holy Spirit given to us in baptism, the third person, the Trinity is now in us. And what the church understands is now the spirit is the new law in us. The spirit is the presence of the voice and power of the spirit leading us to repentance, revealing to us Jesus as Lord that we begin to confess, giving us a heart that understands that God is our Father and we love the Father and we start coming into the very motive that Jesus had, the the source of power within him, which was his radical love for the Father, his awareness of being completely in the hands of the Father and a deep overriding conviction in the Lord from the core of his being that The commands of the Father are life, are good, are great, are the best, you could say. And Jesus loved to do the will of the Father. Think about how sometimes when we think, we start to think seriously or we're challenged to come out of the habit patterns of, you know, that dominate our life, come out of the world and our attachments to the world, the things in the world that we like very much that are not consistent with the kingdom of God. And it's like, oh man, you know, we just, we don't want to let go of it. We can't hardly think of living without those things. We just think it, life will just be dull and boring. And I don't know if I can be happy or fulfilled or excited about getting up in the morning without that stuff in my life. And Jesus calls us to let go of it. And if all we're doing is an external response to a command, but we're not growing from the inside in love for God, the Father, love for our Lord, and allowing the Holy Spirit, as we see in the saints, to give us an awareness and to open our eyes to the extraordinary gift and the knowledge that I don't even quite understand myself when I don't fully say yes to Jesus, when I, when I think the darkness is actually light for me, that if I don't, if, the only way I'm going to be happy is if I stay attached to those things. And Jesus said, no, come, come. You don't hardly even know. You don't even know your own heart. Your heart is sick and I'm giving you a new heart. And I'm going to show you that the deep longings that are in you, that God himself put there, that the devil, he sells you fool's gold in the attempt to fulfill those deep longings. The Lord's saying, I'm going to show you what it means to have these longings in your life fulfilled for peace, for satisfaction, for fascination, for, you know, living in fullness, fully alive. I'm going to show you, Jesus said, because that's the life he lived. And what we see is, it's shocking to us to say that Jesus said, my, my will, my desire is to do my Father's will. His commands are my food. And in the, to the modern mind right now, especially like, what? Someone else's commands, an imposition from the outside, a set of rules is your food and it gives you life. You know, today, the fundamental ideology is, look, if I'm not the absolute master of my life, the designer of my life, you know, um, I can't be free. I can't be happy. And so therefore, I mean, I might have a spiritual belief in the context of but whatever spiritual belief I have. It's the pursuit of my own bliss. It's the pursuit of my own affirmation of who I say that I am. So there's, it's so different what the Lord is calling us to, but what we see is in the life of Jesus, in the life of the saints and the apostles is they live the new law. 
the new law is the fulfillment of everything that was contained in the old law in the Ten Commandments and others. And the new law is the life of the Spirit leading us to love what God loves, to love his will for our lives, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Thomas Aquinas said, it is the grace of the Holy Spirit given through faith in Christ, which is preeminent in the law of the new covenant and that whereby its power exists. So the the heart of the law in the new covenant Jesus gives to us is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the counselor, is the advocate, is the teacher, is the new power. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus isn't just saying, hey, look what I did, go do it. He's saying, no, come follow me. Come now, walk in the grace and the gifting that I'm giving you. I'm making you the new creation, the new humanity. The life of my kingdom is now present in you. Not in a list of rules or laws, though those things matter, but they're not the heart of it. And the heart of it is the new life. And as St. Thomas is telling us here, this new law in the new covenant is the Holy Spirit that we yield to and that we walk in. And so the Sermon on the Mount can't really be lived without the grace of the Holy Spirit. You need a transformed heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit means to look to God for everything, to lean on God, to be focused on God, to find my life and my strength from God. You recognize I can't get to where the Lord's calling me on my own strength. I'm poor. I'm needy. I'm weak. I'm sinful. But the grace of the Holy Spirit leads us there as we lean into even more. We start to delight. Yes, I'm totally dependent on the Lord. I need his grace. I can't save myself. I can't be absolutely autonomous and self-sufficient. I am radically dependent on God. And that's so good. And I know he's here through the grace of the Holy Spirit to help me live the way of life of Jesus. And so we see that Sermon on the Mount shows us the, the disposition of heart right from the beginning. And it reveals the all the Beatitudes and things reveal the, you might say, the sentiments of the heart of Jesus and the practical teaching of this way of life, this new life in the Spirit that we're called to live. So think about this season of repentance and sacrifice, which is you know a good thing to fast, uh, to the degree that we're able, you know, to do spiritual reading, to do almsgiving, to do service, to remember the poor more fully, so that we can not just do it during these few weeks, but to say, Lord, I'm, I need to either do it for the first time or get back to seeing that caring for the poor is a, just a part of my life and for my family. Help me, Lord, to step back into it more fully. And it's a, it's practical teaching about the ways of the Holy Spirit. And so it's addressed specifically this teaching to disciples. A few words about the Beatitudes, a few more from this wonderful, wonderful priest, Father Survey Pinkers, who wrote a beautiful book on the Beatitudes that I would uh, recommend to you. He said that the Beatitudes are like an infrared light that helps us see reality as it is because natural light doesn't reveal it. Our darkened minds, our fallen human nature cannot see it or rise to it on our own strength. I love that. An infrared light in the Beatitudes is showing us, 
what is the way of the kingdom? And then you see the contrast between the kingdom way of life and the world, and then you see what the difference between light and darkness looks like. Jesus reveals the form of this world and what it is. It really is a life of empty show in so many ways. The, the uh, passing, it's, it's a world that's passing away and it cannot satisfy fully the human heart. And it overturns the world's ideas of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Because the way it's all being played out now in the narrative of the world, that the pursuit of happiness, for the most part, this is the noisiest way it's expressed, is just my own fulfillment, my, my thrill-seeking, my acquiring things, my foot size of my footprint, my power, my influence, you know, the intensity of, of you know, fulfilling all my passions and dreams of what I want in this world. And Jesus said, deeper, lasting, transforming happiness is something different than that. And then that's what he reveals in the Beatitudes. So it's shocking when you hear, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who are, who mourn, blessed are those who are meek, blessed are those who seek righteousness, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who are peacemakers, blessed are those who are persecuted unjustly treated badly and then in the midst of it jesus said when that happens to you for the sake of standing for jesus and his teaching if you get pushback and people just falsely accuse you he said rejoice you are so blessed god's grace is upon you friends that's a radically different way of looking at reality we'll touch it again tomorrow god bless you have a great day each program of fire on the earth with peter herbeck can be downloaded at avemariaradio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.